boys, um, we have something big to plan. And we talked about this uh, after the brunch breakdown last week. But uh, Dan, bachelor party, sir. <laughs> I feel like we should just workshop this out for everyone who listens to this podcast. Of course. Right now. Like, okay. what are the best cities to have a bachelor party? boy (laughs) and we've been to a number of them and there are some great cities to choose from yes what cities do we have experience with bachelor parties in as a group well our our home turf is las vegas we have we have home field (laughs) advantage in las vegas (laughs) we're the home team there every time yeah true it's funny calling home turf Vegas, but yeah, that's how it feels. <laughs> that is how it feels. Vegas is home turf, so that's cool. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, we went to Ocean City for Chris's bachelor party. Right. For the other bachelor party, we did have two of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Those were both Chris's, by the way. <laughs> yeah, both are Chris's. <laughs> Uh, I've been to one out here party bus situation in LA and that's a lot that that's just a lot of fun. You go to different, you go to different landmarks and you kind of drink at all the different landmarks in LA. Some make sense. Some don't, but, uh, you know, is there a bad city to have a bachelor, that bachelorette to have a bachelor party? Yeah. Like, okay. Cleveland. Yeah. Like any northern mid- Midwest city, like I think Detroit, uh, Milwaukee, I don't know. None of those seem like worth worth the time. I think you need to – you can't – yeah, I really don't think the Midwest is the spot. Okay. It's not. It's off the map for us. I'll go ahead and, and say that. There's a lot of cities that are candidates. Those are not cities. Um We've, you know, we've all done New Orleans in different fashion. Uh, my fiance is going to have her bachelorette party in New Orleans, actually. Um, so New Orleans is always a good time. But yeah, I'm willing to workshop this and let's get the listeners involved. Some of our listeners will be there. So <laughs> I know that they're going to have opinions as well. Was there, is there like a, can people enter a drawing to join your bachelor party uh, by listening to the brunch breakdown? Is that what hey. you're saying? Now there's a thought. There's a thought. Maybe get a, go- a Google form up on uh, the brunch breakdown social media to have one lucky listener be able to to join us who's not on the regular invite list. I love that. If you're the 22nd caller to the brunch breakdown, <laughs> can we do can we do an auction for charity and see who? <laughs> see, there we go. I love it. Bids the most to get on the invite list for uh, <laughs> for Dan's bachelor party. <laughs> That's a great idea. I do love it. Something And something we talked about last week was I, I wanted to be unique. You're talking about all these cities. There's not, you know, there, there's a lot of different possibilities. And I almost thought of doing like a bachelor party cruise where everything's kind of all inclusive and taken care of for. And it almost makes it a little bit easier. But I don't know if cruise life, I don't know if we're going to be ready for cruise life in the next year, year and a half. That could be, you know, they're tearing ships apart right now. They're not building any. It also could be really cheap, even cheaper. <laughs> so maybe there's something to look forward to there. But yeah, I want something for for my bachelor party, and I think you guys can understand this. Where there has to be 
warm weather involved in some at some degree. And I do like a little bit of city life, but I also like the idea of being able to go to the beach or it's like brunch on the beach. I mean, let's go. That's if we could just do a brunch crawl from, you know, down the beach. There we go. There's a there's a great day for a bachelor party part of that trip. So there's a lot of possibilities. I'm not against cities that we haven't been to either. Well, let us know at Brunch Breakdown. Hit us up. I wanted to start this off just because I want people's, you know, we, we were talking about cities. We've been to a lot of cities. You know, we live in different cities and stuff. So I, I, I want people to let us know where they should have the bachelor party. If you've had a great bachelorette party, let us know where that was as well. If you listen to the Brunch Breakdown, because we want great ideas and we have a little bit of time. We're awarded some time. Shouts right. to the Rona for, you know, giving us some time to plan <laughs> Dan's bachelor party. But, you know, we want some of your ideas. So hit us up at Brunch Breakdown, wherever you, find, you follow us on social media. Give us give us some tips on uh, where we should have this epic bachelor party. So epic. we marry Dan off or at least have fun. And then, you know, I don't know. Shannon's still got to say, you know, I do. Well, so we still got to get to that finish line. Yeah, this is, <laughs> we're just still, we're still on the trail. We can just see the finish line now. <laughs> Well, what's up, guys? It's Didi here in LA. Dan and Chris are in Pittsburgh. It's the Brunch Breakdown podcast. Follow us on social media at Brunch Breakdown. Today on the show, we've got some really, really fun stuff. We're talking controversial opinions based on a picture that we'll tell you about here in a second. We got a best brunch cities list that... I already have lots of opinions about and we've got of course what we're listening to and it is bruise day Chris let's crack this bruise day off man what's going on I'm ready the the hardest part of the cold open is not being able to drink the beer until we introduce bruise day so I'm ready to go uh today I'm drinking a little moon man IPA new Glarus brewing in uh Wisconsin, the, the home state of my wife, a uh, great brewery out there. So enjoying that today. Happy Brews Day, fellas. I like it. That's nice. That's a that's a great beer company, a great brewery there too, Chris. They've got, I've had a couple of theirs. I haven't had that one, so I'm intrigued to learn a little bit more about that. Uh, today, gentlemen, since we are in the heart of October, in the heart of fall, we know how much I love pumpkin and our good friends friends of the program at uh, Ellicott Brewing Company out of New York have developed this little masterpiece, the Pumpkinville Latte, pumpkin ale brewed with coffee. Shouts to friend of the program, Pete, uh, listening to this probably on the West Coast during a little vacation this week, hooked me up with, with this delightful seasonal ale. Uh, and let me tell you, it's delicious, and I absolutely love it. You get great pumpkin flavor um, and blended well with coffee. And then there's a little bit of this was like 10 minutes ago that I opened this beer for the first time. I only have one of them. And then you get this vanilla that really blends it with this uh, gives it this latte type of feel. Not too high on ABV. It's an ale, 6.5. So Ellicottville, shouts to you. Uh, This is on a future road trip. For me, going up to New York, they've got a nice little location up there for some outdoor seating. So cheers to Bruce Day, boys. Nice. Nice. Well, I got Latitude 33 Blood Orange IPA. It's freaking amazing. I'm obsessed with like orange IPAs, Blood Orange IPAs. I love them. This one, another one called uh, 21st Amendment Blood Orange IPA that I really like. But 33 Latitude 33, I really like. It's uh, Vista, California. It's where this brewery is. And... um. 
I'm just a huge fan of this beer. I just, I love it so much. You know, Dan Bruce's own beer. You can hear the way he talks about it. You know, he's like, oh, and there's that hint of vanilla the that notes, you just taste. You get to get the notes you just, first and then. You taste it only on the tip of your tongue. That's all you taste it. You, you take that, you know, you take that first sip and you taste it right there. No, see, this is just good. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I have no idea how Dan would break this down, but it's it's just great to me. So, yeah, Latitude 33. Happy, uh, happy Bruce Day, boys. Happy, happy Bruce Day, Bruce. boys. Yeah, cheers, everybody. Cheers a good episode. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Well. Let's get things started with Get It Off Our Chest. Chris, get us started. Get it off your chest, sir. All right. Um, We're going to do something that is, I think, becoming a trademark of mine, or at least I hope it is. We're going to take maybe the bad or the unhappy or the negative, and we're going to try and turn a positive spin on it. But I want to talk about social media because we talk about it quite a bit on this podcast. Um, And there is a new tool out there uh, from the University of Vermont. It's called the Hedometer, and it is actually something that scans social media to get a gauge on how unhappy or happy people are, okay? And this, this tool has told us that we are actually living in one of the most unhappy times um, in recorded history. I mean, we can only record social media so far, but this is maybe the most happy, unhappy time uh, since we've been on social media. This thing has crawled Twitter for different language, uh, d- different languages to see how happy or unhappy people are. And the lowest point this year was after the murder of George Floyd. Obviously, there's COVID going on, and the election is certainly not helping anything. Um, but when I saw when I, when I dug into this thing and, and when I looked at the data and, and I realized what it was telling us, I, all I could think to myself is that happiness and attitude and mindset are very much often your choice. Um, there are situations where it's unavoidable to be unhappy or pessimistic, and, and I understand that. But I think largely, the majority of the time, we have the ability to control our own happiness or our own attitude or mindset by making choices that promote that type of feeling or or attitude or behavior. So logging onto social media is one of those things that is actually always your choice. And and I want to say if if social media is something that has contributed to making 2020 very hard for you, that you absolutely have the choice to not be on social media. Um, You can 100% do your best to try and create your own form of personal happiness that doesn't involve picking up your phone at all, unless maybe it's to call your family or call your friends or text them. Um, So, you know, I think we all understand that 2020 has been a pretty tough year um, and it's impacted all of us in a negative way in some form or fashion. Um, But I hope like this podcast is hopefully an example of how you can turn negative into positive because we've taken so many things from this year um, and just tried to poke fun at them and laugh at them and, uh, you know, find some levity in a really, a really tough year. And I, and I hope if you're listening that you can do the same and um, maybe just choose to log off a little bit more or choose to set some times during the day to put the phone down and focus on other things. And, and I, I guess more than anything, 
uh, understand that you can actively promote your own mindset and, and hopefully actively promote your own happiness. Uh, it's not easy. It's not going to happen like that, but it's something that you can do over time. And, um, you know, we're winding down to 2020. I hope we can turn the page here and 2021 can be a much happier year, both online, on social media, and just for everybody outside of that whole world. It sounds like you got a little motivated by my presidential speech last week there, Chris. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you're preaching some hope. And I dig that. And I'm all about it. And you're right. If any negativity is coming from anywhere, it's right in our freaking pocket. You know, I'm all about less phone time and putting the phone down. And you you made a, you you know, an argument a couple of weeks ago about making choices about who you follow and things like that. And I think that plays a huge role in it too, because, and you may go through and get rid of a lot of the negative people. And there may only be three people left (laughs) based on some research that you're sharing with us out there, that it's so unhappy and negative right now, but. Yeah, I think it's time to turn the tide and I think less screen time is going to be a big factor in trying to get more positivity because usually when people are down and have something to sound off on, that they go for their phone. When it's the other way around and you're feeling the happiest, you're more so enjoying that moment, right? Enjoying the people around it versus going to your phone and sharing that. Yeah. And I heard someone say, uh, Bomani Jones said this on this podcast like last week. So it's interesting you say this. He said that when you go on social media, you're either informing or performing. Like when you are actually actively participating in conversation on social media, like you are either informing people or you're performing. And I feel like if you are, you know, if you are having, you know, any kind of bout with, uh, with depression or any kind of mental health going on social media, like, you're most likely not going to say what is actually happening with you. You're going to, you know, jump into this conversation where you are, you know, where people are like clowning on someone else or being negative towards someone else or some topic or something like that. And it's just going to further bring you down, 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 down. And I'm like, and so it's so interesting you said that because I've been thinking about that a lot over like the last like few days, just, just thinking about, you know, how much time should I be spending on my phone when I am feeling a certain way? And it's like, am I, you know, tweeting things out in a negative light because I just want to, you know, be negative because I'm in a negative mood. And so I don't know, I'm starting to think about my social media habits a little bit more just like after hearing that. And after, you know, listening to what you said too, it's just like, you know, if we're a part of this generation or this, this time in history, that's the most depressed, the most down, like, I kind of want to be a part of changing that. I don't want to be a part of keeping that going, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Like that's the other thing is, is that, you know, that like DD, you made me think that, that, uh, you know, clowning on people and stuff like that, like that can become infectious. And like you, you tweet a funny thing that's negative or poking fun at somebody. And then you get a ton of likes or retweets and you're like, Oh, this is, I should keep doing this for what, why, why, what's the reason why? And, And then you just like, it just, that can just start to become your personality. And like, I've had times on social media where I've just kind of had to stop and say like, I don't know if I'm happy with like like the person I am on social media is not the person I am in real life or want to be in real life. And and they don't, they're just not meshing well. And and I found myself doing it this past weekend. Like my, you know, my football team was losing and, and I was tweeting out negative stuff about it. I'm like, you know what? Like, it feels good now, but like 20 minutes later, I just want to delete the tweets. I don't feel great about it. Like 
there, you can always put positivity out there, even if you feel like you're swimming in a sea of negativity. Yeah. Good stuff. I like it. I like it. Dan, get it off your chest. Well, boys, for this week, something I wanted to share. I, I'm not one that's when a new movie comes out, I'm like, I got to see it right away, even though I want to see it. It's just one of those things where I know it'll be there, right? I'll eventually get around to it. So I don't. So this weekend, finally had a little bit of extra time. Weather is starting to get not super great around here. So Sunday night, let's watch a movie. Also, my fiance doesn't really can't really stay awake for a movie that's more than an hour and a half long. So it's a little challenging when I'm like, are you going to fall asleep during this movie? And the answer is almost always yes. <laughs> so if we started early enough, we're fine. So one movie that we've been wanting to get around to and finally watch is Rocket Man, uh, the biopic about Elton John. And again, this movie came out last year, so I'm sure other people have seen it. So I'm not going to break down the film or anything like that. Uh, I will say it was incredible. I'm not like a huge Elton John fan. Uh, I do like his music. I think he's uh, fantastic as a musician, as a performer. But, you know, just fairly casually, I was jamming Elton John like all week, all yesterday and today. These songs from this movie, these songs are so great. Um but the movie is really, really good. So if you're like me and haven't seen it yet, need to get around to it. I couldn't recommend it anymore, how great that movie is. But it got me thinking to something that Elton John's like 73 years old. He literally just retired from touring, right? He's been doing it for 50 years, and he's finally given time to his family. And after you see the movie, you'll kind of understand a little bit more why. But it just got me thinking about like in 25 years from now, when we are our parents' ages and starting to like get into that grandparents' phase, phase even, but more so when we're our parents' ages, like who in our generation, artists of today, are still going to be touring and performing bangers night in and night out and are going to be able to do that? Like people like Elton John, Elton John sings and plays at the piano. Billy Joel, same exact way. Billy Joel is still touring and performing and selling out venues and people are rocking to all of those hits that are 20 and 30 and 40 years old. Paul McCartney, I don't need to say anything more than that. Even like a band like the Rolling Stones, still going out, still touring. They probably shouldn't be, but they still are. And they're still doing it with some sort of like energy and enthusiasm, right? So I don't know if it's just the style of music and how it was then and how that's easier to translate decades down the road, but I don't know if I see anybody that is an artist of today or even from the 90s. Most of the artists from the 90s aren't touring anymore, aren't releasing music. I mean, yeah, like the Backstreet Boys came back and they've done a couple of tours, but they're not going to be doing that in 25 years, like dancing around, gray hair, bald, bald heads. That's not going to be happening. You see Justin Timberlake doing that, maybe? Justin Bieber? Definitely not. There's no way. He's going to be out way quicker than most of these people. Um, like Beyonce? Like, how can you? I don't, again, there's just so much of a show, so much showmanship now. And the way that music has evolved, there's so many more layers to it where. These simpler artists of Elton John and Billy Joel and Parr McCartney, where they just play an instrument and sing, that can last over time. Maybe Taylor Swift can get away with it, but she's not going up there and 
swinging off of a snake and singing bad blood in in 25 years and i mean we'll be there i'll say that we'll be there if she is but it just has me kind of wondering what concert like will be like for us and who that's still an artist a current artist today is going to be able to maintain a career and also want to do it right i think that there's more artists there's the tours are bigger so there's a tendency to be like piecing out of your career a lot earlier than you need to be. You don't need to burn yourself out. These people are going to make way more money. New music is going to be creeping up constantly for them. So maybe they aren't able to stay as relevant as new music music comes into the fold. But it just had me thinking, wow, it's going to be very interesting to see how that unfolds. And if if we're still going to be able to go and see some of the art these artists 25 years from now, and if they're still going to be able to be just as good, because people like Elton John, Billy Joel, Paul McCartney are able to do that, and it's still a good show. So I don't know. Does that does that sound weird? Do you have guys have any artists that come to mind where you're like, no, we're going to be fine. They're going to be Jay Z is going to be up there with a uh, with gray beard, and he's still going to be bumping around, and we're still going to be there. Well, listen. First off, I'm offended because you said when the Backstreet Boys are old and bald, and AJ's been bald for years. <laughs> you're right. He still right. kicked fact the shit out of those performances. Okay, good so, fact check. Respect to AJ. <laughs> um, no, as you're saying all that, I'm just like trying to picture like Blink-182 when they're like 60. <laughs> right? Right? And it's so weird. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, I, but, I, but Dan, the thing is, I think all of them will. It, it, I, okay, <laughs> I, let, really? me, let me say this again. I think everybody who just makes music, and music is what we know them for they will all be performing and touring. Maybe not as much as those guys because all of their record deals, like if you pay any attention to like what, you know, those record deals they signed in like the 70s and stuff like that. Like there's a reason why like people that we, that are legends are still performing because like what we think are like, we think the money they made, they made nothing. Like Stevie Wonder is still on the road. Like still blind and old as hell on the road. Like so is Elton John, so is Barbara Streisand. Like all these people are all still on the road. And I think people who just make music, and that's what we know them for. Because like Rihanna, I feel like the reason why she is so big on her makeup line is because she can make like a billion dollars off of that. She'll never have, she will not be on the road. You know what I mean? Like Jay-Z makes so much money outside of music. He will not be on the road forever or, you know, unless he just decides he wants to do it. But like, I think a lot of people will. Like, I believe that like Nelly will be touring and playing casinos the same way that like bands that like I, like my parents go to casino they'll be like oh yeah little anthony and the imperials are playing at blah 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 and i'm like who the hell are little anthony and the imperials and i look it up I'm like oh they had like three number one hits back in 1930 or whatever the hell and i'm like oh okay so i see why they're there and i'm like that's how it's gonna be we're gonna be sitting around and I'm like hey you want to go down to the casino see nelly i'm like <laughs> <laughs> like that worries, go to- that worries me because I don't know what, what that's going to be yeah. like. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> that makes me feel better about aging. If I could just go see Nelly. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like you're going to go down to like the Millville County Fair or whatever and you're going to see Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> but you're making a good point, Didi, because there's so many more opportunities for artists now to make money in other ways. Where That's another reason why I don't know if they will continue to tour because of how grueling that is. You mentioned the contracts for some of those older artists. They go to that in, into that in the movie a little bit. So that's a really good point. But I hope they are. I really hope they are. I think certain people can and will if their music can, again, some sort of somehow adapt to playing as a 60-year-old 
up on stage, but it's just so weird how the evolution of music has changed where somebody just sitting up there with an instrument singing and performing. That's not how it really is anymore. There's so much showmanship more to that. Now, most musicians don't play their own instruments because there's just such a big production with it. And that's a good thing, but you know, it just had me kind of looking into the future a bit going, man, like who are our kids going to be like, okay, yeah, I'll go see, I'll go see that with you. You know, I'll go see that artist because I've seen Billy Joel. I'd go see Elton John. I've seen some, I would, I'm waiting for Paul McCartney to come back in the, to go to the tour in state. So I can finally check that off the bucket list. I hope that our kids will be like, yeah, I'll go to see Nelly with you. I know, I know a couple of those. I know country grammar. I hope, I hope Dee. Dee. Good God. I just, I'm sorry, Nelly. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> you were just the first name that came to mind. I, I, there's a lot of names I could have used. I feel really bad. I just used Nelly's name, but you know, <laughs> I know you listen to this podcast, Nelly. I'm, I'm so sorry. All right. Well, I got to get this off my chest. Um, so just had a baby a couple weeks ago, major. He is a great child, but I'm going to tell you this. Boys suck, guys. They're terrible. Boys are absolutely terrible. Chris, be happy you have a girl, you know? I thought I was excited because we had a girl first, then we have a boy, so it's like we got one of each, we're good. No, no, wish I had two girls. Here's the reason why. Boys are disgusting. Boys are disgusting. Because you know what happened to me after I got done doing this podcast last week? I got peed right in the face. (laughs) Right in the face. (laughs) Oh, no. Right in the face. And, you know, you change diapers for, like, two to three years you know what i'm saying like depends on when you want to start potty training your kid so right now it's like cute little pee soon it's gonna be real pee that's gonna be busting me right in the goddamn face oh i don't want that also whenever they poop with girls it's just one little wipe down you know what i mean it's a white it's a wipe down you're going all in one motion and it's done Boys got to clean around the balls, got to clean up here, to clean around there, got to make sure everything's not everywhere because you got it, it, it sucks. And then they get circumcised. You got to put Vaseline around the damn thing. Boys are disgusting. Ooh. Absolutely <laughs> disgusting. So if you have a girl and you had all girls and you're like, man, I wish I had a boy. No, you don't. You do not. And I know, listen, he's probably going to see this and hate me in a few years. But guess what? I don't care. Right now, it's disgusting. And I will not think it's disgusting until he is, you know, peeing and pooping on his own and flushing his own toilet. But right now, boys, absolutely disgusting. And telling you, be happy you have your girls. Because once you have a boy, it gets gross. That's what I got. (laughs) That is the most incredible get it off your chest segment in the history of, of this show. That's... Just let you know. You, you know what you need. You need to, uh, you know, get a hookup from friend of the program Andy Reid and get that visor going. <laughs> so when you're changing <laughs> that pee, just right off there, just like the gravy on Thanksgiving for him. That's what you. That's what you need is a visor. You know I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah, I'm getting a visor. That's what I'm getting. That will make my life so much better. At three in the morning when I change this kid's diaper. Whew. Right up. You get one, yeah, with little headlights on it, so you don't have to get all the bright lights on anything like that. That's what you're just going in there. That's what you need. That's what you need. I know. Now that I have all these warnings, this is great. I might as well purchase one now. Just be ready for the future in case it happens. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Put my put my hockey helmet on if I have a boy. There you go. Pull the visor right now. Get the visor. Yeah. Sending you all coal yeah, miners just, helmets if you have boys. That's that's what I'm doing. Let's <laughs> just have the light at the top ready to go. Oh my God. Incredible business. Oh boys. Well, let's get into the main course, Chris. 
I'm going to let you go with this one. You sent us this picture a couple weeks ago. Okay, yeah. And uh, if you are watching this episode of The Brunch Breakdown, uh, we're going to show it to you. And if you're not watching and you're listening to us on you know, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get this podcast, head over to our YouTube channel or our Facebook page because we put the full episodes of these videos up and you'll be able to see what we're talking about. Um, so here we go. This picture. Does everybody see it? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> this picture, and I'll try to describe it for people that are just listening, is... It is one man leaned back on to like this like diagonal wall and there's just a mob of people like ready to attack this guy. And it went viral on social media like a week ago. And we thought as a group, like what horrible opinions do you have that would make people want to come at you like this angry mob of people. So I want to know guys, your list of horrible opinions. Cause we all have a lot of them. Um, yeah. what are, what are some of the worst ones that you have that would legitimately make people physically angry at you? Who wants to queen, go first? I'm going first. Queen is trash. I hate queen. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the band queen. I've said this on this podcast before, but this, the first thing I thought of when I saw this picture, right? And I was like, we are going to use this one of these weeks when we have like, when we have time to talk about this, right? And this is a week. Queen is trash. I hate their music. I find it to be very, very annoying. And the fact that I watched the movie, watched Bohemian Rhapsody, it did not make me feel any differently about Queen. It just made me think, there are thousands and thousands of people who love this music. And I don't know if it's because in the 70s, like one album came out a week or something, but like... <laughs> Their music is so trash and only meant to be played whenever like your favorite team is like in, I don't know, needs a stop on fourth down <laughs> or something like that's literally it, you know, or whenever your basketball team's coming out to do warmups in high school and your band's playing their music. That's literally the only time you ever want to listen to Queen. I Queen is trash. Hate Queen. Wow. Yeah, that would get the mob going at you. <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm that guy. Dan, do you like Queen? I do like Queen. I do. I mean, it, it are it is stadium anthem music for the most part. You know, I don't know how many times I'm going to Queen outside of a you know a stadium environment or a game day or a tailgate, but I, I like Queen. I gotta say, I like Queen. Yeah, I do too. So, so you're right, Didi. <laughs> so you're right. Well, I got one that I think will get both of you just as angry. Um, I know Chris is going to take personal offense to this, especially. Bacon on its own is just not good. It's just not. You you realize you're on the brunch breakdown? I know. Who are you? I know. On its own, it's fine. It's really salty. It's It's fine. But it is infinitely better as a complimentary item or a supplement to other food. It makes other food so much better but as an individual item just bacon on its own it just doesn't do the same thing for me that should give me the same amount of excitement and energy and flavor as when it's on a pizza or in a breakfast scramble or on a burger or literally anything in pasta it's so amazing in every other facet 
but on its own, it's just salt and grease. And I don't know. I just would, I would much rather have it with something as a complimentary item than on its own. Well, uh, <laughs> like not, I feel like the percentage of people that love bacon, it's like a vast, vast majority of them don't just eat bacon alone. Like most people eat bacon with something, you know, but I will admit as a bacon lover, we cook, when we do brunch, we cook too much bacon because we know we can leave it out on a plate and snack on it throughout the day because it's that damn good, Dan. I, that whole thing made no sense. You don't like bacon on its own. It's not very good on its own. I mean, I'll eat it and it's usually prepared terribly. That's the other problem. People don't know how to actually cook bacon on its own. I'd rather if, you know, the bacon or sausage, what would you rather have with your breakfast plate? I'm going sausage, but bacon in anything else, complimentary to anything else. I want it. I want more of it, but not on its own. No, I, it yeah, can, Chris, you are in charge of the zoom. Can you like, just get him out of here? Sorry, take- yeah. Just remove him from the, just remove Dan, him we're from gonna the put, room. We're going to put you in the penalty box for two minutes. <laughs> Wait, we're going to turn this into around the horn too, where I get muted and frozen and I'm just, yeah, I'm Tony Reale. You're done for 15 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. You just How lost 10 points. We got to tweet Zoom and, and get them to install that feature. that feature. Yeah. I know. I know most me. people don't agree with that. And I usually don't publicize it, but there it is, world. God. Don't at me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I have one kind of, and it's not food related, but it's drink related. Uh, um, and I get kickback on this on social media almost every time I tweet about it. But any, you should never drink calories like it's not oh i understand we're drinking beer right now yeah i'm like um chris you're you just took a drink like two seconds ago yeah no i understand um almost always not worth it like almost always not worth the calories you'd be better off eating something and feeling full than drinking calories and, and like beer is in that like pop, uh, tea, um, you know, like lemonade that actually has calories in it, uh, milkshakes, stuff like, like, it's just, it's not worth it. It's a waste. You can't say that while drinking beer. Yeah. Did you not think this through? <laughs> Listen, it's Bruise Day, and uh, you can only drink your calories on Bruise Day. Exactly. Oh, I hate that. I really do. <laughs> I hate that. We're gonna. This is actually a terrible topic because we're never gonna like podcasting with each other ever again <laughs> after we get all these awful opinions out. Like when I eat on the weekends, we kind of strategize based on how much we want to drink that night. Then not only we get freaking all busted up, but like craft beer, you're right. It's heavy, usually a lot heavier in calories. We're not over here drinking Yingling 
flight or Michelob ultra and trying to sneak in 95 calories and feel good about it because there's no flavor in anything in that. So we know, yeah, you're right. That's like, we're not going to eat like absolute garbage and then try to drink like absolute garbage because of all the sugar and calories that come with it. But give me a, give me a full belly of beer over a full belly of food. Keep your bacon. I'll keep my beer. That. <laughs> I just, that was a clever line, actually. I can't hate that line, but you're wrong. <laughs> oh, all right. I got a food one. Um, avocado toast is good and worth paying for out to eat. You overpay for it. Yes, you do. You, you may pay like $18 for avocado, which is like 49 cents, <laughs> and for somebody to spread it on toast and maybe put eggs around it, but it's worth it. Because avocado toast is really freaking good. Like, I know there's a lot of people who say, you know, millennials and their avocado toast, whatever. And I used to think that way until I ordered avocado toast. <laughs> and oh my God, is it worth it? It's just good, guys. And yeah, you could do it at home for way cheaper, but it's worth doing it away from your home as well. Avo- avocado toast is great. Didi, I was in that mob yelling at you a couple of years ago, but I am with you laying there on that roof and loving every minute of it. And I, I, you're right. You're right. I've, I'm in the minority with you. We have it at home all the time. And yes, you definitely overpay for it when you go out. But this is the brunch breakdown. It's a fantastic brunch option. It's worth it. Big supporter of that. I've never had a problem. With, I've never had it, but I've never had a problem with the idea of it. Whoa. Sounds delightful. Wait till you see it on the, you got to look at it on a menu. Next time you're, well, we won't be in a restaurant for the next like five years, but <laughs> next time you're at a restaurant and you see it, you're going to be like, whoa, that's that much. And then you're going to order it. Change your life. <laughs> for sure. Um, I, My next one is definitely unpopular. I think you guys might agree with me on this, but I know we have a lot of friends that listen to this podcast and they're going to text me as soon as they hear this. Um, friends, speaking of friends, the TV show is a terrible TV show and it's not funny. It's not funny. It wasn't funny. It's not funny now. It wasn't funny then. I don't like anybody that was on that show. Um, it just, no. No. Get it off of TBS. I don't need to see it. It wasn't a funny show. It's not a funny show. All of the actors on that show were overpaid. Friends sucks. Sorry. Sorry, I'm not sorry about that. (laughs) I agree. It's a terrible show. (laughs) (laughs) It's an awful show. I I like Friends. I I think it's delightful. It's an easy watch. And it does make me laugh. You're in the majority. I get that. I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. No, Dan, you're right. The most watched TV show of all time is overrated. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. This one, I feel like I'm going to get maybe not as much kickback from you guys as I will just like the internet. Um, the early 2000s was the best time for music, period. 
full stop. <laughs> Didi and I are both looking for words. Whew. I mean, I, listen, I'm not the person who will mob out on a music on a on a thought about music like that but you would get the mob circling for you for that one. Oh yeah 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 like i can definitely respect that opinion and know where you're coming from but there are plenty of people that don't <laughs> <laughs> uh most of them didn't get to enjoy that generation of music but um that's a that's a that's a take yeah i think you're you're in the minority you're in the minority there. Hopefully the sounds of brunches open you up to some of the good music of, of today, I hope. Oh, yeah. There's good music today. Love our playlist. Love the stuff that you guys put on there. Um, uh, I love the stuff that I put on there. But it's it doesn't hit home. And it's, it's, just, it's just not the same. Not as good in my humble yet incredibly correct opinion. <laughs> Big Nelly period. It that's was a big, big Nelly. It was a big Nelly, and maybe that's why. Let's all reflect on that tonight, okay? <laughs> it's true. It's peak Nelly. We definitely got to put Nelly on the on the sounds of brunch because we talked about him a lot. <laughs> oh, and uh, I have. We have another one. You guys have more. I got one more. Yeah, we okay, can do one more quick. Sweet. Yeah, I have. I have one more, and it is a movie one. Movies from the eighties are not the best movies. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters isn't good. It's <laughs> terrible. Back to the Future. Not a great movie. Not good. It's just not, guys. Movies from the 80s are not the best movies. People keep saying that all the time and they're like, "Oh my god, you haven't seen this?" No. There's really just like what Rocky came out in like 1980. Like Rocky's good. But like Breakfast Club is good, but like the rest of them, like 16 Candles, not good. So many of those 80s movies that people love so much, they're very boring and they're not good. No. I mean, you're wrong. <laughs> See, the, I love 80s movies because it actually is like, I don't think they're boring. I think that our attention spans have just gotten so short because new movies like have to have a million things happening at once. I appreciate the simplicity of 80s movies. That's part of the reason why I like them so much. Chris, you've on record on this podcast of saying that you think that the 90s actually might have been the best generation for movies in original screenplays. Well, I... I, I don't know. No, like I ask that God, cause I, they're, they're remaking so much of the nineties right now. Um, so it just made me want, I don't know that I feel that way, but it made me wonder if that is actually the case. I mean, DD, I was agreeing with you for the most part. And then you personally insulted me with back to the future. And I can't, now I can't get on board with that because that's one of the greatest movies and greatest trilogies of all time. And you know, there are other plenty of other movies in the eighties. There are more that I dislike than I like, but Back to the Future is amazing, so I got to join the mob. I, it's just that I look at the people who starred in those movies. I just don't like them. Like Michael J. Fox. Like I find nothing interesting about Michael J. Fox. I never have. And watching that movie, you're just like, I wish this was played by somebody else. Not a bit into it. But '80s movies, not for me, bro. Okay. Um. My next one I know is also going to be 
offensive to a lot of people, uh, especially in the world. If we have our, any of our listeners in uh, Ireland still listening to us, uh, soccer is boring and it sucks and I can't watch it and I can't get behind it. <laughs> I can't. I was forced to play it as a child. I hated it then. I hate playing it. Um, so this has deep-seated roots for yeah. you. It's not just about watching the game. It's that you were forced into it as a child. Yes, absolutely. I hated it. Hated it then. Hate it now. So yeah, there's some deep, deep personal uh, vendetta that, that starts early for me. Uh, it's boring. It's really slow. I don't need any of the fake injuries. That's just way too much. And I think it's growing too quickly in this country and people need to start watching other sports that are far better, far better. So stop it. It, it waking up at seven 30 on a Saturday morning to watch the freaking premier league. Sounds like a miserable way to spend a weekend and nobody should be doing that. It's just so stupid. You know, MLS, even Americanized soccer, just no. I'll get behind the world cup and I won't really watch it, but I'll just support team USA all the way. <laughs> and that's about all I'll do in terms of soccer. So I know there's a lot of soccer fans out there and it's the most like it's growing the quickest of any sport in the United States, but no, nope, it sucks. And I don't like it. Yeah. I feel like it's growing the quickest partly because it was so irrelevant for forever. Yeah. So like couldn't do anything but grow. I'm not a big soccer fan. I don't actively promote that. I hate it, but I will say that I get like the few times I've said, like, I just don't get it. Uh, a lot of vitriol coming my way. The the soccer the soccer fans uh, are a, a they're a touchy bunch. They are. They are. Oh, which is why I'm a little afraid right after saying this. <laughs> they're a touchy bunch in like two ways. Here's another way they're touchy. Right. I, the thing I love about soccer is soccer jerseys. Right. I love them. I think they're great. Like I love that they have long sleeve ones, short sleeve ones. And I had a moment where like I found like really like fa- really good fake ones on eBay, right? So I would like constantly wear them. But then whenever I would go out wearing one, I would just get mobbed by dudes. And this was <laughs> when I was single, right? I would just get mobbed by so many dudes, whether we were at a party, whether we were out, it was like everything stopped and they would come to me. And it was like one person would come, then another guy would come, then another guy would come. And I'm like, listen. I don't really like soccer like that. I just know these people and I like this shirt that I'm wearing. But they would come up to me asking me questions. Like people would yell across the street on the South side, like something that I didn't get because I was wearing like a Ronaldo jersey or something. Like I like I do I, I like Lionel Messi. Like I don't I don't know what's going on in Argentina or whatever. Like I have no idea. <laughs> but like these people would just scream from across the street, dude. They are they're a touchy bunch and yeah, other ways too. A lot of padding. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> not really into it. Yeah. Touchy emotionally and touchy physically. Yeah. They just Neither really like good. it when someone likes their thing. Yeah. And soccer has been the most growing sport since we were, since like 1995, by the yeah. way. So, right. And you know what's right yeah. behind it? Tennis. So I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I remember some guy came to like, I was in like a sports management class in college. Um, and like my senior year in 2009, it was just like a blow off class for me. And they had this guy come in from like the world tennis association. And he did an hour and a half presentation on how much tennis is growing. I'm like, bro, I don't know anybody that played te- plays tennis. Like 
you could if if there, if one person plays tennis and then it grows to five, that's like a five hundred percent growth. Like that's not impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um. Well, we'll stay on the sports uh, side of things for my last one. Um. And if you know me at all, this is probably pretty predictable. Pro football is actually just a relatively boring product. It's 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 not as great as everybody makes it out to be. There's like four teams worth watching and the rest of the league is kind of just fumbling around every Sunday. And I, and I, I, I don't, I don't get, I don't get why people are so heavily invested in it. I thousand percent agree with that. (laughs) I thousand percent agree with that. Like that's, I mean, that's just that's just what I mean. That's really what pro football is because I feel like they're too good at it. I feel like where college football, we find college football to be more entertaining because there's like a lot of people on there that like aren't professionals, and the ones that do that are professionals kind of stand out, makes the whole thing like balance out, look better. But like, no pro football, I think they're too good at it. Kickers are too good. The quarterbacks that are good are too good, and the quarterbacks who are bad, they're really bad. Like yeah. Ben Roethlisberger isn't even that good anymore, but Baker Mayfield is not a pro quarterback. <laughs> yeah, the parity in the NFL has been really, really rough the past couple of years, and this year has just been there's just been a lot of ugly. I don't know it's because of the training camp situation and no preseason and things like that. That, but the cream rising to the top is getting way too thin for like week six for crying out loud. Um, it just takes way too long for teams to rebuild, rebuild, even a drafting a franchise changing quarterback nowadays isn't enough to do it. And like that guy can be intriguing to watch. Like Joe Burrow is exciting to watch for the first two weeks, but like no one's tuning into the Bengals. And now two is getting his start in Miami. And like, that'll probably be exciting for a couple of weeks until he gets his ass kicked in a couple of weeks too, because the dolphins are still a bad football team. So there's just no easy and good way to rebuild to get a parity where it can be a competitive league and you can, you know, most games are predictable and you have those standout ones, but there's usually not even entertaining anyways. So I hear that. Yeah. It's a passing league with like 10 good quarterbacks and 30 yeah. teams. That's really the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, well, that was fun. I that think we're going to get mobbed on that. So let us know at the Brunch Breakdown, what are your controversial opinions? What do you think of ours? Do you hate friends? Do you hate soccer and queen and bacon? <laughs> Just Whatever on the hell toe. that means. What a disaster. Just, Just on its own. Um, it's ridiculous. Well, uh, let's get into the other thing we were talking about this week. Uh, Dan, you found the Best Brunch Cities list. A new one. A new Best Brunch Cities list. We want to go over it with you guys. See if you agree. I, I got thoughts. Yeah, this is a very interesting list. This is a new list uh, came out from uh, the good folks at rent.com. So if you're looking at an apartment, rent.com. We don't have a promo code, but use rent.com. <laughs> uh, again, if you're watching the podcast, be able to pull up the visual of our of the top 10. They do have a top 50, but this is we're going to go through the top 10. And the way that they rated these uh, were brunch per capita and brunch density. They ranked those separately and then kind of did a best 
overall score. So brunch per capita, how many locations are per 100,000 people? And then brunch density, how many brunch locations they have per square mile within these cities. So uh, gentlemen, if we want to start off number 10 here, Rochester, New York, maybe a little bit surprising. Brunch per capita rank number 21, brunch density rank also number 21. Either of you tried uh, brunch in Rochester? I can't say that not, I have. No. I'm not. <laughs> no. Why am I going to Rochester, New York for brunch? That's that's like a place you go if you live there. Right. The only thing highlighted in this here is they have an, uh, something of culinary fame called the garbage plate, which is a heaping plate piled with home fries, pasta salad, baked beans, grilled red hots, cheeseburgers, yes, plural cheeseburgers, and or eggs. So I don't know if the garbage plate is enough to get you to go to Rochester for brunch. Is that like, a, can you guys hear me? Uh, slightly. 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 I don't know what happened. I'm not sure what happened. I had to switch my um, earbuds, so I don't know what happened to my mic, but please proceed. Let's go to the next city. Let's go to the next city. Yeah. Number nine coming in as uh, Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, Stanford, Connecticut. If you've watched The Office, you know all about Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, they come in at number nine. Brunch per capita rank, number 23. Brunch density rank, number 14. So again, an interesting city. We haven't hit any major cities yet in this top 10. Stanford, Connecticut coming in at number nine. Hmm. Interesting. Number eight Wait, on the list. Stanford. That's where Maury is, I think. That might be a solid brunch. Oh, okay. I want to say, I think Maury is filmed there. Interesting. All right. That'd be, yeah, that'd be, you know, hit Maury and uh, get some brunch beforehand afterwards. Not yep. bad. Not bad. Paternity <laughs> test on your way out. You know what I mean? I like it. Uh, number eight on the list, Alexandria, Virginia, just outside of D.C., uh, popular location for people that work in D.C., to to live there brunch per capita rank 27 brunch density rank is number five so a lot of places to go to brunch within uh, a square mile there not as much uh land so they shove them all shove them all in there uh alexandria virginia guys number eight for brunch on this list yeah can't hate on that because dc is dc is great for brunch doesn't matter if you're in arlington you're in alexandria adams morgan all the random cities that aren't cities inside of around DC. Like, yeah. Brunch, great city. Great city. Uh, well, actually, interesting you say DC. That one uh, may come up a little bit later. Oh. Number seven, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, now we've got really our first big metropolitan city, right? Coming in at number, number seven on this list. Uh, their brunch per capita rank is number four. So a lot of brunch places for the population of over a half a million there. Brunch density rank coming in at number 25. So yeah, again, here we go, guys, with our first big city. Uh, got places that have malted waffles and Irish whiskey maple syrup. It all sounds amazing. So, you know, again, we should be looking at this list for potential bachelor lo- bachelor party locations as well right if they're going to be offering the best brunch then maybe we need to be considering a city like atlanta yes that's true yeah i'm for that i i, I like to i've i haven't been in atlanta as an adult i've been in atlanta as a kid because there are basketball tournaments there but man 
I'm I'm here to try it out. Put that on the list. Got to try out Atlanta. I like it. Uh, number six, we'll move on down. Here it is, Washington, D.C. Uh, brunch per capita rank is number 22, but the brunch density rank is number one overall. So they've got the most brunch places per square mile in Washington, D.C. Uh, lots and lots of options there. Guys have been to D.C. a number of times. Fantastic brunch city, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. like we were saying, in and around it. Yeah, it kind of bothers me that D.C. and Alexandria are considered the, like separate because they're so close to each other. Like, I feel like, you know, okay, yeah, technically they're separated by an imaginary line, but they're right next to each other. So I feel like if you combine the two of them, it would probably be the best brunch spot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right if you combine them and take them that way. So that's a good point. Uh, let's get into the top five. Here we go. We go from big cities to all of a sudden we're going to uh, uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Smaller town there. Uh, the home of uh, Harvard, MIT, a bunch of other schools. So if you're in your early 20s, this is probably the brunch capital of the United States for, for you. Their brunch per capita rank is number two and brunch density rank number 19. So those ranking is getting... Uh, a little bit better. They've got 37 brunch spots packed into 37 square miles. That sounds amazing. That does. Let me know how Cambridge Mass is. Um, yeah, I'm good. You're good. You don't want to go there. <laughs> nah, that picture even looks rainy. Looks cold. It does. Right. That's a. That's a. That's a. That's a tough picture to to paint. There. You got to get me going there in the summer. That's no doubt. We hit up Boston and then we can go to Cambridge. That's fine. There you go. Uh, let's get into the top four. Now, here's a city that's a serious contender and a city that I've wanted to visit and so- sounds amazing, seems amazing. And now that I see this, I'm all aboard. Number four, Charleston, South Carolina, uh, beachfront there, small population, only 137,000. Their brunch per capita rank, they are first overall number one overall in brunch per capita and 16th in their brunch density rankings i see a lot of southern dishes going on here a lot of beach brunch type of things guys tell me charleston doesn't sound good for a brunch spot (laughs) i love charleston i i love charleston so i mean I've been to Charleston one time and I, and it is one of those cities that anytime someone mentions Charleston, I freak out because I love Charleston. I, I love that city. You know how you have those places that you've been to and you hear someone say something about it and you're like, Whoa, Oh my God. I love this city. This, 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 this. No, I love, I I just love Charleston, South Carolina. So yeah, all for it. All for it. Uh, Number three, we're going West coast, Pacific Northwest to be specific, Seattle, Washington coming in at number three. Their brunch per capita rank is 11 and their brunch density rank is number three. And here's a big reason why here, gentlemen, they have the most spots for brunch in this entire top 10. 170 locations for brunch in Seattle. That sounds absolutely incredible. The home of Starbucks. We're all big fan, big fans of Starbucks coffee and I can just imagine brunch in the Pacific Northwest 
all year round being incredible with 170 spots to choose from. I'm down with Seattle. That means you could go over three years visiting a new brunch spot every weekend and never double up. That's that's legit. That's that's definitely special. But I hope you like wet eggs because if you eat outside, it's just wet. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Just stick to the hotel wet eggs. We don't need to uh, be rained on outside. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move down to number two, Berkeley. California, an interesting choice here. So we're going with a little bit of a smaller city. We're doing a couple of big cities in a row here. Berkeley, California, their brunch per capita rank is five and their brunch density rank is six. So they're in top 10 in both categories, getting them the uh, number two ranking just across the bay from San Francisco, which I know is a great brunch brunch city also. But uh, Berkeley, California, sneaky Brunch location here, boys, coming in at number two. Not mad at it. NorCal. I've never been. Well, maybe we got to add it to the list. We add it to the I list. Mean, I feel like, yeah, it sounds like we're going to have 10 bachelor parties, if you're asking. <laughs> hey, man. A lot of time between now and uh, May 2022. So. Right. I'm, I'm seeing th- options like Kofu Turi Scramble, which doesn't, you know, I don't need that at all, but lemon gingerbread pancakes, poached pears. All right, let's go. Those are some serious brunch foods. Uh, and the number one city, according to rent.com, the best brunch city in America is Minneapolis, Minnesota, coming in with a population of over 400,000. Brunch per capita rank is number six, and their brunch density rank is is number four over 108 brunch spots spots uh spread across minneapolis you have the twin cities there uh which probably also expands the amount of brunch selections that you have guys i love minneapolis as a city april through october and that's it um i've been there a number of times it's an incredible music city it's an incredible beer city and now that it's number one for brunch I'll tell you what, if that thing was located south of the Mason-Dixon line, I'd be living there. But those winters, just forget it. That has got to be the toughest part of Minneapolis. But I do love Minneapolis, and they come in at number one. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if you live in that climate, you what else is there to do? Like, you got to go indoors to go have some brunch because you can't do anything outside. Like, good for them that they have options. Yeah. Yeah, whoever made this list, they they you know they wanted to give a big shout out to Minneapolis, Minnesota, just telling people to go there because I see this is like the work. I feel like this is like the conference capital of the world. I feel like everybody has a work yes. conference here. Like everybody I know who's been to Minneapolis has either been there for a wedding because their friend married someone from there, and well, there you go, or they had a work conference there. And that's what I feel like most people go there for. So if I ever go there for a work conference, I'll tell you about it. But if not, you, there are you know. the, that's true. There are a lot of corporate headquarters out in Minneapolis that drove people there. And that was the reason that I've been there so many times was work related to the Minnesota State Fair is incredible. They give away uh, all you can drink milk. It's it's fantastic, uh, amongst other things. But Minneapolis, great city all around. Like I said, great music city, great beer city amazing brunch city and gentlemen that's your top 10 uh before we 
go away from this topic. Naturally, we'll post this link and everything like that. But brunch close to us, brunch close to our hearts. Uh, again, they've expanded this to a top 50. So just to point out where we're currently living, uh, Pittsburgh actually comes in at number 24 on this list, which is pretty good. They cracked the top 25. So proud to be uh, in the top 25 living in Pittsburgh. Uh, Didi, for you, you've got two that are pretty close to you. Pasadena came in at number 34 oh. and Burbank at number 50, the last one in the top uh, top part of this list. So you've got two you know, pretty good choices that are, well that are very, very close to you because Los Angeles was not, they didn't use Los Angeles as a city. They used the, the smaller cities within uh, in and surrounding LA. So again, Pittsburgh 24, Pasadena 34, Burbank 50. So we've got some good branch around us as, two, as well, two gentlemen. I like it. Good stuff. Well, let's get into it, guys. We're experts on the topic. That's proof because we have solid brunch around us. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into it, boys, before we get out of here. What we're listening to this week, Dan, you will get us started because uh, I want to say something about Dan real quick. Want to give Dan his flowers. When Dan looks at new music, he sees a name and he's like, you know what? That name's weird. I'm going to listen to it. When I see a name, probably when Chris sees a name, he's like, you know what? That's probably not for me because it says Biba Doobie. <laughs> well, Chris sent us the link to Biba Doobie's live concert that was on YouTube uh, this week. And I will tell you, it's incredible. So, Dan, I want to give you your flowers. Well, shout out Chris for giving us the link. But, Dan, you're the reason we know Biba Doobie. And that concert on YouTube is absolutely incredible so shouts to you for your love of weird names and clicking on them and being like wow this is good because i just don't and but you do that that i can't tell you how much i appreciate that in fact when chris you know sent his comments and the link i almost thought he was joking <laughs> I, for a second no. i had to really <laughs> not at all man it was it's so good it's like baby doobies like like modernized 90s pop rock. It's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. And, and we Biba Duba Brunch was the name of an episode not that long ago. She's absolutely incredible. I was supposed to see her three times this year, so that's a letdown. So then seeing that live concert with the full band was like, damn it. I really missed out on something really good. So thank you. Shouts to Biba Doobie. I thank you for that uh, very much. Um, I'll start off this week with the band uh, Shade, and you've probably heard their breakout hit Trampoline, which was played everywhere for the past two years, and it was really, really popular. So they're finally coming back with new music now that that song is getting annoying, honestly. Um, Back with the new track, it's the first single off their upcoming album, which isn't due until April. Uh, Hopefully they'll be able to set up a tour at some point for that album as well, but uh, this song is called No Other Way. It's very upbeat. It's an indie pop song. You know, Trampoline was a little bit more, uh, it was a kind of a slower movement to it. Uh, still very catchy, but this one has a great, really catchy chorus. Uh, the lead singer really u- utilizes her vocals a lot more in this, uh, shows you her range. So Shade, No Other Way on the playlist this week. Nice. Chris, hit it. Okay, uh, my first one is a band that I've talked about a lot on this podcast uh, over the last few weeks, Seaway. Um, they have released a couple tracks from their new album, and that new album came out on Friday. So the album is titled Big Vibe. 
Um, actually, one of the songs I shared before uh, was the title track for that album. And uh, I'm going to put a new song from the album called Mrs. David on the podcast or on the playlist this week. Um, they're definitely doing something new, Seaway is. They've always kind of been the party pop punk band, and uh, they're taking kind of a turn, and uh, the, the music has gotten a little more uh, serious on this album. It's a, it's a little bit of an adjustment uh, when you're, you know, it's interesting, like some of those bands, when they have a few albums out in a row and where the, the vibe and the tone is very much the same and then they kind of take a left turn it's 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 an interesting for a fan of the band to like take that turn with them and this one it's kind of taken me a while but um i have to admit the album's pretty darn good so uh we'll put mrs david on the playlist this week from seaway's new album nice well i'm going with uh the weekend just put out a remix to his song in your eyes with the goat yes the god kenny g and if you like the song In Your Eyes from the beginning, because the saxophone is incredible in that song, and now it's Kenny G. And the song starts, just think about how like a rap verse starts like a remix of a song. No, no. It's Kenny G playing the saxophone to start the song, doing runs, and it's amazing. And I wish the song was like eight minutes long. That's the only problem yes. with this song. Yes. And I don't know why the weekend you didn't make this remix like 10 minutes long with just Kenny G solo just going crazy for the last like six minutes or something. But like In Your Eyes is such a great song, but putting Kenny G on the saxophone that's already great in that song is incredible. So check that out. Dude, I'm so glad you're putting that one on. That remix is so great. I remember oh. seeing it pop up and my jaw just dropped. I'm like, no way. The Weeknd and Kenny G. Huh. And you're right. It should be so much longer. It's such a great version of that song. An already great song. Oh, I'm excited for that one. Uh, I'm going to go with The Struts. They just released their new album called Strange Days. And I've been a fan of this Struts. Struts. Uh, I'm sure most people have kind of heard their you know, new age grungier type of rock sound, uh, really, really energetic. Uh, but this new album is, I was blown away, honestly, honestly, for how great it is from top to bottom. So the song that I will, I will take and put on the playlist this week is I hate how much I want you. It's actually featuring, uh, two guys from Def Leppard, Phil Collin and Joe Elliott from Def Leppard are featured on this track. Uh, the intro is actually a what seems like a made up phone conversation about him asking them to be on the track, but uh, it's very guitar driven as it is for the struts, uh, kind of a, like a stomp beat type of clap that you would hear similar to queen, I guess, DD uh, anthem type of song, but a super catchy group chorus, which gets me every single time. Again, the whole album strange days is great, but I hate how much I want you by the struts. I'm going to put that on this week. I like it. I like my group vocals, Dan. I'm right you know there it. with you. You know it. <laughs> uh, okay, my next one is uh, a band near and dear to my heart from way back in the day, Less Than Jake. Um, they put out a new song called Dear Me. Uh, it's basically a song where they're writing a note to themselves in the past, uh, which is kind of cool. And it's from their upcoming album that's coming out, Silver Linings. Um, man, sometimes it's like when you don't expect it, it's just straight up nice to hear from a band that you haven't heard from in a while. And I felt that way when Less Than Jake uh, put this early release out there. So put Dear Me on the playlist this week. Solid. Less Than Jake. All right. 
have they been consistently been putting out music or just uh yeah you know as, okay. as consistently as you would expect from less than jake <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. But, just... uh, they still tour and they still put out new music um so yeah i'm trying to keep the ska quotient up here on our playlist 2003, baby. 2000s. That's your... <laughs> God's what I say? What I say? <laughs> All right. There is a uh, funny song that pokes at uh, Disney movies and whatnot. Uh, it's called Mad at Disney by this artist called... Uh, I think her name is Salim Elise. I'm not exactly sure how to say her name. But the song is called Mad at Disney and just talks about how, like, the princess movies betrayed her and love is wrong. And it's this in it you know and the beat is cool and it's kind of like oh it's a happy song with this like sad kind of message about like you know them lying to her in her movies but it's really really funny because we've all seen the disney princess movies and whatnot so um check it out mad at disney nice i'm interested to hear that one yeah it's Um, pretty fun i'm gonna go with a band that i put on this playlist a couple weeks ago because that's all i seem to do around here is put on the singles and then when the album comes out i put on a song from the album so uh Didi, your your boys the vamps put out their album cherry blossom this pack past week and again from start to finish an absolutely incredible very catchy album the whole way through uh i'll put on a song that i like probably the most called better off the album but uh, another electro pop song. There's lots of layers and elements, uh, you know, not just a traditional beat and type of thing that you hear. There's a really a lot of different layers to it. Um, again, it's catchy song after catchy song, uh, better by the vamps and a couple of, uh, notes that won't be on the playlist this week, but you guys mentioned Biba Doobie, the album together came out last week. Check that out. Sasha Sloan. Her album is really good. Royal and the serpent. Her EP is really good. Check those out as well. <laughs> How to get it all in. It was a big week of music last week. I was very excited. Dan, Dan fitting it in like we have a time limit on this show. I I love it. <laughs> yeah. Like No one was cutting you off. Like no one was behind <laughs> each other. Like, like, I clock and I'm like, oh, damn, we've been on here for a while. Let me try to just shove these in real quick. Maybe somebody will pay attention. That's awesome. Um, okay, uh, for the playlist last week, guys, I think that's one of the best ones we've ever put together. Your thoughts? I yeah, loved it. No doubt. I love I, the playlist. As we were talking through it, and then I, we put it all together, and I saw it there from start to finish, and I thought, wow, you can even put a Vin Diesel song in this playlist, and it's still an incredible playlist. It's really good. Last week's was great. Well, funny you should say that, Dan, because I'm officially done with the Vin Diesel song. <laughs> <laughs> You're done already? Man, I got to tell you, I was driving in the car with my wife and my daughter listening to the sounds of brunch and I was enjoying everything I was hearing. And then the Vin Diesel song came on and I was like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing listening to this thing? (laughs) So I think we've, it's had a three or four week run on the playlist. I think, I think it's, it's time to retire Vin Diesel. We're anxiously going to await his uh, next single. (laughs) I You better believe it. I can't wait to hear what Vin has next. Um, And another thing. So we talked about Nelly earlier on in the podcast. And for you guys, is there ever an art, like are are there artists where you see them and you're like, oh, they're still doing that. Like they're still doing that thing that like they did 20 years ago and, and still really. And like, I loved the song, the, that millionaire song that featured Nelly. But when he went said, oh, it must be the money. I was like, really? 
I was like, now he's still doing that? Like, two years ago, he said it must be the honey in a Cheerios commercial. And I'm like, okay, what, That's right. what's happening? Nelly, dude, bro, what's going on? And then he did it. I don't know. I just, I kind of felt, everything else about the song was great. So. Um, all right, the retro replacement this week is going to be from Lil Wayne, uh, Let the Beat Build, one of my favorite, absolute favorite songs from that previous decade of music that I said earlier in this episode. This is the greatest decade of music in my humble but completely correct opinion. So let the beat build. Lil Wayne, we're going to throw that on the playlist this week. <laughs> well, Love well, it. Well, Chris, I hate to break it to you, but we need you need majority votes to get Vin Diesel off this playlist. You need two out of three, and I don't know if... <sighs> I don't know if it's time. I am not done with it. (laughs) (laughs) Didi definitively saying he is not done. It might have another week or month in it. We'll see. Yeah. So, yeah, I am absolutely not, not done with Vin Diesel. So, (laughs) you like I do. I. All right, my last one. Um, put on here. Uh, Justin Bieber put out a new song called "Lonely" with uh, him and Benny Blanco. Uh, put this song together. The video is really cool. It's like very sad. He performed it on SNL. It was pretty good. And um, I really like this song. I don't know what Justin Bieber is doing for this album cycle of songs that I guess um, were kind of put together all during quarantine. Is what we're you know what we're finding out about it. And uh, it's really personal. Like we're gonna get. Uh, you know, it sounds like we're gonna get a, we're gonna get Justin Bieber all of his feelings from his crazy rise from being this fourteen year old kid to now being a twenty four year old married man. So you know, uh, and lonely kind of touches that in the video. If you haven't seen it, it's really powerful. It's really cool. So um, yeah, check it out, lonely. And uh, I think he sounds really good on it. Like he yeah. just sounds really good on it. So lonely. Yeah, like those those lyrics are just they make you kind of go whoa that yeah. that whole song it's really incredible that he opens up that way really good song yeah and speaking of negativity on the internet it makes you kind of think about the things that you've said about yeah. justin bieber <laughs> in your life you know either joking about you know trading justin bieber back to canada or what you know things like that that people use as punchlines. it you hear this song and you're like we kind of yeah I feel like us all collectively as people contributed yeah. <laughs> to some of these things. But Lonely is, you know, it's a good song. It makes you uh, makes you think for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is what we're listening to this week on The Brunch Breakdown. Dan had about 20 picks uh, that he sped through. And they'll all be uh, on Spotify on the Sounds of Brunch playlist. Dan, tell everybody else where they can find everything else. Brunch Breakdown. I might throw an Elton John song on there too, since I didn't get those other ones in in time. I might just, that might be, throw that in. Him and Vin Diesel, you throw those two back to back. You got yourself a day. We're throwing Uh, Nelly on there too. The Brunch Breakdown, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, uh, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Uh, Just search The Brunch Breakdown. You can find us anywhere. Uh, The full video episodes, we got a lot of visuals in this episode, right? So you can find those visuals and watch the entire podcast as well. Those are available on our YouTube and Facebook pages. Again, released the same day that the audio podcast is as well, every Wednesday afternoon. Uh, And of course, follow us on social media. Give us those opinions, those bad ones, and everything else in between. At Brunch Breakdown on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You follow us, we follow you back. Love it. Well, until next time, guys. See you at the table. This has been The Brunch Breakdown. Peace.